Welcome, welcome. This is The Cats Are Conspiring, and I'm your host, John Kane. Uh, as always, thanks for tuning in and and uh, validating me by listening to what I have to say. So always appreciative of that. Uh, let's get started. So first thing I want to talk about is fashion with a twist, as you might expect. Uh, so if you look at the animal kingdom, right, Generally speaking, you have one gender whose responsibility it is to attract the other gender. And, you know, that varies depending on the species, right? So if we were to look at the lion, the male is the beautiful one who attracts the female with his large mane. And the female is rather, you know, um, unimpressive by comparison. If you look at the peacock is a bit more of an obvious example, right? The female peacock is the very neutral one, understated. The male peacock is the one with the beautiful plumage that we're all familiar with. Uh, Homo sapiens, I think, you know, if we rewinded a hundred years ago, you could like like think about the Roaring Twenties, right? Like, you could probably say very clearly, like, wow, the male is the is the female peacock in that instance. Like, the, like back like in the twenties all men were wearing brown and black suits they all dressed the exact same seriously go look at like old pictures of like groups of people groups of people back then they all every male dressed the exact same and then females were the ones that clearly were dressing to impress dressing to attract dressing to be beautiful and desirable Um, however what's interesting is that if you look at today it's completely changed like that's that's very fluid. We're all dressing, both genders are dressing with various colors and textures and patterns. And you could say like, yeah, that's because we're all being more expressive, generally speaking, but I don't know, because back then women were, I think, being equally expressive in their clothing. I think it kind of signals more to the fact that there is just a lot more gender equality today. There's just like, we've kind of broken that clear, like, like you know stark contrast between this gender is the one that like is attracting and this gender is the one that is you know being attracted i think that's now broken down and to take it a step further was kind of interesting is if you were to look out a hundred years wouldn't it be funny if that pendulum swung the other way completely and if men were the ones that solely dressed to impress and to attract and women were dressed like uniformly and very understated and that wouldn't be without precedent because that's you see that all over the animal kingdom you know and i'm sure to the alien observers above you know they've potentially seen this swing different ways before um and i'm also curious if there's anything if there's trends you know i don't i don't know if anyone's looking at this but It'd be interesting to see if that trend is already taken a foot in some way and if there's a way you can measure that. Um, but if anyone does a research paper on that, I'd be very interested in reading it. Just cite me as one of your sources as like, you know, expert interview or something like that. Um, great. So with that being said, uh, I'd like to sell you on something I'm doing now. Um, like many of you, I'm quarantining. And um, unlike many of you, I'm alone because... I don't have a roommate. I don't live with anybody. I live in a studio with two cats. So, you know, before you pity me, I have a lot of fun with them and we have very interesting conversations. So save your pity. Uh, However, 
Um, the only human interaction I get is with the CVS cashier, who's a little overly familiar, if we're being honest. Um, and I really miss being in public spaces. I really miss being surrounded by people because I'm extroverted. Being extroverted means that you draw energy from other people. I'm like a, I'm like a, a flashlight that requires batteries and you're all, people are the batteries and I suck energy from people. Um, so I was thinking about it and I was like, that's, I was, there's gotta be some way I can hack this. And I was like, hold on a second. I bet you Spotify has me covered. And they do. So I've been listening to Spotify playlists that simulate cafe environments and bar environments. And they provide the clink and the clack and the chitter and the chatter that you miss from those types of environments. And you'd be surprised how easy it is to delude yourself into thinking you're actually being surrounded by people. Where, you know, either maybe it's just me and I'm easily deluded, but I'll now be reading the newspaper on a Saturday morning with that soundtrack playing. And frankly, I get some of the same endorphin rush that I used to get from my local diner. So, you know, Spotify, cafe, soundtracks, give it a try. You'll thank me later. Or you'll just think I'm, you know, a mentally unstable person. Uh, great. So the next thing I'd like to talk to you about are GoFundMes and similar platforms. So these platforms, if you're not familiar, basically they raise money from people for a good cause, a feel-good cause. So, you know, whether it's like a philanthropic cause or some, like, you know, soccer team that needs to go to the nationals and they need to pay for their bus. Um, as you can tell, I'm not like a huge user of the platform. I see it come across my Facebook <clears throat> feed uh, occasionally and um, I have to feel pretty strongly in order to really consider giving money. Uh, I've only done it a number of times. Um, however, I do think there is a need for a darker GoFundMe to address some of the ills of this world that would speak very strongly to me. So um, an example here would be, and we'd have to obviously rename it GoFundMe, probably wouldn't approve of this idea. I'm just going on a limb here. But one thing that really grinds my gears is poaching. Um, but poaching animals, not eggs. So poaching, whenever I read about it, it's it really disturbs me at such a deep level that people can kill majestic creatures like that. Uh, really bothers me. And it frustrates me that there's just no way I can do anything about it, right? So let's say that there was this darker GoFundMe platform, and let's say that someone, maybe it's me, maybe I'm, you know, in the background pulling the marionette strings for this for this particular fundraising effort, but let's say someone was, was trying to raise $100,000 in order to recruit three Navy SEALs to go to Africa and to capture the 10 most notorious poachers 20 maybe you know to really aim large capture the 20 most notorious poachers bring them back to the u.s and open a zoo and potentially you know every poacher has to dress up in a very realistic costume of whatever animal they were targeting for poaching and they have to live in their little zoo habitat 
for a year as punishment for their actions. And this zoo is open to the public. And people can come in and they pay admittance and the admittance covers the operating costs of the zoo. And they go, <laughs> they go in and you can basically go and just like see these people behind glass and they're, they have to walk, you know, as if like a, a, uh, an elephant had walks or whatever. Again, there's a lot of investment here too with the costume designers and, you know, we got to work with the, whatever team did the Ace Ventura movie for this. But these people have balls in their mouth so they can't make noises and so they and so they have to like walk like they are these creatures, and uh, the zookeepers are all instructed to talk to these people like they're actually the animal that they're dressed up as, really cause some psychological damage to these folks, um, and so they the hope is they come out of zoo jail, um, a year later, and you know not only is there this massive disincentive to not go back to it because who knows if you might be brought back to zoo jail because. Maybe you have a tracking device in you. Maybe you don't. Uh, so there's that disincentive. But there's also the fact that, like, you got to think on some level if you've been talked to, like, an ostrich or a lion or a zebra for a year, it's going to be pretty difficult to go back and start killing lions and ostriches and zebras. Like, you're going to relate to them on some level, right, as a poacher. So that's an example of some slightly twisted potential use for these kind of, you know, platforms like GoFundMe that would really speak to me in a way that would cause me to, you know, donate. I would donate $200 or something like that. No questions asked. I would just, you know, open up the Venmo account, you know, uh, and, and give very willingly. So those are my very relatable thoughts on raising funds for philanthropic causes. Uh, so with that being said, uh, I'd like to sell you on something else I've been doing that I think is really going to rock your world. Um, soft boiled eggs. What's interesting about eggs is that they kind of like correlate pretty well to someone's maturity level. Like it's like if you're doing scrambled eggs, ba- like basic scrambled that aren't even very moist, like like basic scrambled eggs and a hard-boiled egg, like you're probably still in college, let's be honest, right? Maybe you're fresh out of college. But once you start getting like more and more mature, then you're like, oh, an omelet is clearly a better way to do eggs over scrambled eggs. It's, it's The texture is better. You get a nice cheesy bite every scoop, right? But then the step beyond omelet is a soft-boiled egg. And then beyond that, you're in the poached egg category. I haven't gotten there yet, personally. But... Um, the soft-boiled egg is incredible because the inside of the yolk is creamy. I didn't even know you could get this consistency from yolk, but it's actually creamy. And the key to it is you have to dial it in perfectly. The water has to be consistent. Every aspect of the time has to be consistent. And so as you get into it, just you're going to have like three or four batches that are going to be like too undercooked or too overcooked. Stay with it you know, fight the good fight because you're going to find that ratio that's perfect and you'll be like, oh my goodness, mashing half an avocado, some paprika and some hot sauce and a little bit of sugar-free mayo. Oh my goodness. That is like the inside, like the dream inside of a deviled egg, like like in, in a bowl. And there's 18 grams of protein if you're using three eggs. So I'm not going to walk you through how to do it, but just believe me that it's not that hard. It takes about 20 minutes altogether. Use a spoon in order to get the soft-boiled egg out. 
just fight the good fight, put in a week, and afterwards you're going to be like, well, I can't believe I wasn't doing this before. And you will have taken a critical step in your journey in terms of, of egg appreciation. Um, and maybe that carries over into other aspects of your life. Like maybe now you're managing your money better and you're like more concerned about how you're allocating your portfolio. Uh, great. So covered that. Um, last thing I'd like to talk there before I allow everyone to go is holidays. Uh, love the idea of a holiday, right? It's like, let's, let's all take off work at the same time. Let's get together and let's eat a lot, drink a lot, and then forget life for a little while. It's like the ultimate staycation. The whole idea of, of a holiday is perfect. I love what we're all doing there. However, I'm a little miffed that some other people got to decide like the whole like idea behind the holiday and we're all just going along with it. And if we have enough of us that dissented, you know, and chose to go their own route, then like it opens up a world of possibility. Like I mean my my family's raised Christian, right? So like Christmas is what my family um celebrates and i i guess what i'm suggesting is let's do a new holiday like let's get i don't know what the critical mass is maybe it's fifty thousand people so basically for four forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety three more people than listen to my podcast uh, need to all get together and agree to um, agree on, or maybe have some like leaders or something, agree on a new thing we do instead of Christmas. Because I think that if we opened it up, we said, okay, let's keep the timeline because we're all, we don't want to make it more difficult with getting work off. But like if we open that up and say, like, let's forget Santa Claus and, you know, because we're all lying to our kids and like going along with this whole thing. Like if we're going to lie to our kids, let's tell them a more interesting story. Right, like I'm, I'm not against lying to your kids, but like let's tell them a more interesting story than this very simplistic thing about this fat man who lives, who's apparently a hermit, you know, and and just likes giving toys to people. Uh, I think we could come up with a far more interesting story, right? And like if you're gonna lie to your kid and you're gonna convince them that this thing exists and lives somewhere. Like in like somewhere in the world that they'll they'll, they'll never go right and and like like open up their minds and like instill the sense of wonder of this like person or being that could be somewhere in the world. That's a powerful thing to instill in a child, right? And so like, this seems like a waste of a powerful, you know, sense of wonder if like you convince them this person exists and then what's the like. What are they left to think? Like, okay, now, what does this all mean? Toys are everything, right? It's like, this, this, what does this, this all mean? It's like, you're going to get more toys. And this, this person, this being exists simply to make toys for you to consume. So like, it's like, I, I, obviously the whole like consumerism of, you know, Christian, of, of Christmas thing is overplayed. I'm like going down that route with this. The route I'm going down is saying like, I'm totally for like, all of us being in this thing together, lying to our kids, but like, let's just be more interesting with it, right? So if we if we open it up more widely than like the kind of music and movies that we could make would be far better. Like, isn't it like somewhat telling the fact that after all this freaking time, we only have like four good Christmas movies? There are like four good Christmas movies, and every year there are like seven that come out. 
And we only have four because there's not a whole lot to work with because it's very simplistic, right? This is like, so I think that in itself is, a pretty, is pretty telling that we need to redo this whole holiday. Um, so I, I don't really know what the holiday is. I haven't really given that any thought. Um, but I just know that the, we could do it a lot better. Um, so I haven't advanced this concept any further than that. If I do, I'll... You know, I'll I'll let you know in a future episode. But, um, anyways, that's pretty much all I've got for this for this take. Uh, as always, thanks for listening, and and I'll I'll see you next time.